0: Thank uh-huh. you. Wise with Aaron and
1: Alexander.
0: Uncovering our authentic self
1: through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. The topics we discuss in this podcast are purely for example, and the lessons extracted can be utilized on many other subjects or experiences you may be more familiar with. In our first few weeks of recording, my experience trading cryptocurrencies was providing me with many opportunities for growth, which is why it has been at the forefront of the discussion. In this episode, we start out with analyzing more of my experiences with this, but then branch off into how sports can be a good way to get started on doing this work and other practical examples of how we can begin this journey of energetic wellness. Now let's begin the conversation. So Alexander, since the last time we've gotten together, I've had a little little issue in my life and I've been dealing with it and I want to see your take on it. Um, like, like we've talked about before, I got into this cryptocurrency type of thing where you kind of invest in a sort of idea or a company by buying these coins and they're, they're traded on a marketplace. It's similar to stocks, basically. People can just think about stocks and that's um, kind of the general idea. And I had had an experience before, maybe about a month or two ago, where I bought these coins really cheap. You know, I kind of had a little emotional reaction because at the time when it was going up, I didn't have an attachment to it in a way where I was like, wow, it's going up, and it's probably going to keep going up because it's going up now. So that was my thought pattern. And you're kind of riding that energy of everybody buying, and then when you lose that money, even though it was never yours technically because it's still digital and you didn't or I didn't um, sell, uh, when you when the value starts going down, you then have an attachment to that, uh, that expectation that it was going to go up and that you were going to have all this money and you were going to spend it all these ways. And so when it goes down, you, you create an attachment. And then if it doesn't go right back up, you start to almost resent yourself as like, why didn't I do this? Why can I not see this coming? And, you know, back then I was new and I was like, and after this happened, I was like, I'm going to learn from this. This is not going to happen to me again. Well, sure enough, about a month or two later, and it's even a bigger amount this time. It was almost like I was looking at it like I was in disbelief because again, it's still just numbers on on a screen. So until you like cash out, would it ever become a reality? Sure enough, a couple of days later the coin crashes to about you know, I'm I'm still right now in the positive, so I'm not losing money, but nowhere near how much it was worth. And then I start having these re- this this emotional reaction of, you know, why did I do this again? I thought I was gonna learn my lesson and why, you know, and, and just going through the process and, and really looking at it and and thinking, you know, would this amount of money that it was changed my life yes why was I being so greedy why couldn't I just take the gains and exit while I was ahead like what was motivating me to go beyond and just to try to again become clear with my intentions for why I was doing it and my game plan so so the next time this happens that I would not pass up the opportunity to make this type of money but it's just this emotional investment that I put into it that, I mean, I don't like the feeling after because I I resented myself. I remember, like, talking to myself, being like, how could you be so stupid? And uh, just riding that emotion for a couple days and then having to work on and looking at it from a different perspective and removing that attachment from it. So I want to get all (laughs) your take on all that information. Uh, I know that was a lot to process. Yeah, but
0: uh, well-described and... And to see that, yeah, anytime we invest energy or time into uh, much of anything, um, we it sets an expectation.
1: Yeah, and that word "invest" is funny because I was thinking about it on the way here. Is investment? I'm making an investment with you know I'm trying to gain monetarily using money for an investment, but I'm but it also ends up I'm investing emotional energy and time. So that word. Again, it has so many different so many aspects different
0: to it. aspects, yes, and to understand that that word means cost that if you invest, then it's costing something. so uh, even if it's your energy, if it's your thoughts, um and this that's where attachment comes in. A person can choose like in the situation that you were saying that this your livelihood isn't dependent on this. This was extra money you had to the side that you decided to play with in this way, learn some things with it, and you've still done really well with it, but you being a double diamond person, um, that is why, you know, what helps this subject to be important and interesting to you and, and that you continue to, um, to research it and to play with it, you know. Any time we are going to find the middle of something, we have to experience both extremes. And and uh, you've experienced some some kind extremes so far, uh, but the the cost continues to build. Typically, so we've discussed this in the past that you know any time someone's investing uh, time or energy into anything, that uh, you be clear that you're not carrying expectations. Um, because disappointment uh, always follows expectations at some point. So to be able to play this type of game um, or to see anything that you're doing uh, in a more playful manner uh, is going to only help you to make better decisions. So the word that I like to bring up that brings a lot of uh, sometimes association is the word discipline and to know that uh you know, most people that are successful uh, have a set of discipline, um, and they don't look at discipline in a negative light. It's just structure, and that that they, they work over a period of time to say, this is the structure that helps me to obtain the goals that I want, because I do have a child inside me, and I want that child to play and to um, not be Uh, restrained so with that understanding i have to bring discipline in to know that there's also time for the so-called adult uh, to be here to take care of things to provide the time and the toys for the child the little child inside to play with so getting clear on that's what helps to separate those two roles and most people have either either lost that little child or they've refused to grow up um, normally, duality; those very, very opposite extremes. And by working uh, w- with with this understanding and this philosophy, it helps to to bring that uh, together a little bit better. To accept both the masculine and the feminine uh, aspects of, you know, even something as this uh, uh, currency type of uh, trading and the highs and lows of that, Um, but to have the structure of, hey, if I increase my profits by this much, um, then this is a safe time to get out, and then I accept the losses that I could have had. So, see, sometimes we pay a cost. There's different ways to pay costs, and sometimes you can pay a cost without actually losing anything, but just accepting that hey, there was a likelihood that I could have made more, but no, I'm very happy with what I got. And that helps to keep the energy that these people that you were talking about that comes together as a group and everybody's trying to stay so-called positive. This is the problem. If you're trying to stay so-called positive, then you're going to attract negative in. Uh, that's, that's how polarity works. So the point is, is that if you can stay non-attached, then the energy is going to go in the direction that it's going. It's not attracting the polar opposite to challenge it. So that's why setting up structure can help someone in this situation reflecting on it. uh, To let's just set up and look for a, it can even be a sacred geometry or a mathematical equation by percentages that this seems to be the safe realm. And as long as there's growth, then we don't, we can stay away from greed Um, It's greed comes when we feel like there's a lack. And so, you know, especially being a generator uh, like Aaron is and myself, it's that constant. If you just get a constant growing happening that you don't have to invest any emotions into or very little time, then that's going to have more of a reward because this is getting clear with the diamonds person, especially the double diamonds of what do you value And this is another great uh, aspect of this conversation because that's the that's the diamonds work is it doesn't have to be money. Lots of times it is, but sometimes gains and losses for the diamond person is about getting clear on what you value. And sometimes that's needing to make a list of priorities of what is actually most important and then taking the time to intentionally delegate the amount of energy her um, priority, and you start breaking it down to that level, and you will see where your energy is going and how much you actually have to spare, and if people would do that, they would see they don't have a lot of energy to spare, Um, but if you use your intention, it can be used uh, very wisely and have great effects.
1: Yeah, the word discipline is is such a great word, and though that word never came into my head, I was definitely... Going through that, after I got all the emotion out, I was like, okay, I need to come up with a game plan now because this is this is probably going to happen again. And I'm not going to let it happen again. I'm going to learn from this. I'm still going to get uh, different situations coming in to keep testing me. But as I was going through, I was like, yes, I need to stay non-attached, basically disciplined, but but the way I was thinking, in unattached, non-emotional in a way where I can watch the emotion of everybody. I mean, I know it's just numbers on the screen, but you can you can feel it. And when when people start buying, you see the screen going faster, and the buy orders are uh, well, the sell orders are de- are decreasing, and the the um the cost keeps going up. And like you can feel that, and it's so easy to get emotionally caught up in that. Or that's why it almost starts to go up exponentially. Is people have FOMO, fear of missing out, and they see it going up fast. They're like, oh, I need to hurry up and get some, and they they buy, and so there's all those orders coming in, and lots of times when that happens, uh, the graph will go straight up, and that's not sustainable. You can't have that growth. So usually following when all the energy goes straight up, there's usually all the energy comes crashing back down. Yeah. Um, so my plan is to try to stay emotionally unattached be but be able to watch that from afar and not get sucked into that emotion because I feel like that's definitely where, like you were saying, the most successful people they know how to do that. And and, and there's lots of quotes out there about about uh, you know Warren Buffett and other people who have made a lot of money where they say when people are in fear that's when you buy, mm-hmm. and when people are buying that's when you you sell.
0: When people talk to me uh, in my travels about meditation and. I run into so many people that are frustrated with meditation, but this is this can even be a type of meditation for a double diamond person to to sit and to work with uh, the subtleties of as those emotions come in and that fear comes in to release it like right away, and it, as soon as it comes in, you release it, and then, then when you see that you can't release it, you have a discipline that you cut the screen off, and that you know you're only allowed to watch this screen until you have an emotional reaction then you have to cut it off um so this is a great example of of how uh, all of this work is structured toward you're just raising yourself so everybody leaves their parents and thinks they're adults but adulthood is really about uh correcting all the things that wound up being imperfect through your process of this so-called uh lifetime and releasing all of the blame toward anyone and just realizing that there's some fine-tuning that needs to be done and that there's no reason why you can't do any event and not be emotionally charged for it. And some people might say, well, Alexander, that's what we're here to do. We are here to have an emotional experience, but to manage it is optimal. You know, there is a time when we want to cry and putting in a good movie or having a deep conversation and expressing how you how much you love. But you can have that cry through sadness or you can have it through like connecting in love. Um, So there's nothing wrong with crying and there's nothing wrong with either way. One can experience joy, but it doesn't have to be an externally stimulated emotional expression. It's just a, a feeling, a sense that one wants to be in, a state. Because when you're dancing in those realms that you are and you ride those highs, you've got to ride those lows. And that's what why people plug into sports so much. And yes, that whole arena can be rocking and so charging. Or if they're losing by 20, then you're not only picking up your heaviness, but you're carrying everybody else's too. So that becomes the trade-off that lots of people that start getting into subtle energies and these types of things, they elect not to attend those types of events because it's too much of a cost to gamble on that swing. And that's what you're dancing in right now. And uh, I think it's going to be fun to, to watch um, how that develops. Yeah,
1: yeah I've definitely uh, experienced that emotional side of sports, but I, I've definitely worked on that. And and have learned to detach myself from sport outcomes, and and that and no, that's that's probably one of the first places people can try to do if, when if they're just starting to get into this yeah, work, and they are Yeah, it's an sports Excellent event.
0: place to uh, to start with that
1: because it, it's not there's no cost of it. It's not really part of their main life. It's like a safe part because you know you you can watch a sports event. where, You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you become attached to your favorite sports team and your your like whole week depends on whether they win or lose. I mean that's that's like to the extent that that I was feeling years ago where my football team lost that week, I was kind of in a gloomy mood for the the few days after.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that was in the beginning of my work. That's exactly where I started. Um and it all happened because I was at the beach with my wife and um she had gone walking on the beach collecting Uh, some beautiful sand dollars and different shells and um, I was watching the Pittsburgh Steelers lose a playoff game to the Raiders due to a bad call and no game is lost to one call but uh, there was an obviously bad call and it really uh, got to me um, because it was the end of the season and uh, she came in and she shared with me like what she had found and um, she was so happy and I was so gloomy and I saw her smile uh, turn upside down and I made a vow right then that I would stop watching sports uh, until I could handle it. I took 10 years away from watching any sport events before I stepped back into that to share that with my um, my sons and so we, we have that connection because we live so far away from each other so we can connect with sports and it's a good conversation piece and so I've enjoyed getting back into it. But, yeah, I, I carry no preference of um, as little as possible about who wins, and I do truly just enjoy uh, the art and the competition of the sport and um, now tend to have a favorite players as opposed to favorite teams and um, and just people that I support them as a whole uh, rather than just a uh, athlete.
1: So sticking to, to the sports part, is there a cost for when somebody gets into sports and they invest all of their energy into a sports team? Like what, what are the costs there?
0: Well, lots of times um, it takes their attention a away from their family or their relationships, and then it has this, uh, this cost of when they, whether they're winning or losing as de- depends on whether they're, how they treat those around them it can bring, you know, camaraderie. It can bring uh, brotherhood and sisterhood. It can cross, you know, boundaries of of so many different types. Uh, That's the beautiful side of it, is that race can be forgotten. So many things can be forgotten if you're just wearing the same type of t-shirt or the same team. And it's, uh, so it's amazing to see how we as humans uh, pick and choose uh, what that is. We're in another situation where a sports team's not mentioned. There could definitely be judgment and ridicule and uh, segregation and that type of thing. So um, just like anything that brings people together, it attracts the polarity side of that as well or duality, whichever one you want to look at, which uh, normally there's going to be some friction uh, wherever there's some harmony And, um, and I just think that, you know, sports and certain activities are, are as clean as, um, as we've come up with, uh, to display that. And in the past, it's been a lot more brutal and, um, you know, in the future it may be as well.
1: Yeah, it is, it is funny that, uh, not like haha funny, but you brought up a good point how a it brings us all together sports if you're wearing the same jersey but like we're technically we are all wearing the same jersey human skin yeah. you know we but we can't rally behind just we're all humans and and treat each other like we're all wearing the same right jersey. and
0: even in you know sports it supports that whole segregation because the team colors and the mascots and make certain associations with certain colors and certain teams and and of course, that's what the marketing field f- feeds on. Anything can be uh, useful or be destructive. And once again, that's the polarity view and accepting that both of them are going to going to appear. And as ad-Din Rumi, a 13th century Sufi poet, says, um, "As soon as beauty is recognized, ugliness shows its face." And that's just true because you can't see beauty without recognition of. Ugliness. So once again, we come back to those three R's, recognize, respect, and redirect. We, in a sense, are talking about polarity
1: in that instance. hmm So you also brought up the question that, as a diamond person, what do I value? And I, I have had that conversation with myself um, this last week after quote, losing that money, it's essentially, I haven't cashed out yet. So I haven't lost anything. I haven't gained anything. But I have a question what I value because I, I was like, man, am I just being greedy? And and do I need to be greedy? Am I in a situation where I need to be greedy? And I never thought of myself as greedy lately, but I definitely looked at myself and thought that I was acting in that, in that way. And I had to take a step back and really look at, What is my purpose here, again, with this activity? I mean, I've been clear about my intentions are to create a few small projects that would then grow and I would be able to live off of those projects that I have a passion for and not necessarily... You know, I love doing web, but I like doing it most when there's a purpose that, I'm, that I am that can get behind and I believe in. I really am trying to get things that I like to do as as things that can support me.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that becomes part of the structure that you set in place to be clear with how much uh, profit would you be happy with, and if that's like a year's salary, to just have the idea that in just a few months that you could make enough of a whole year's salary to be able to pull back and just work on the projects that you want to, that would be very realistic in setting that parameter there and then being fully happy to pull out but maybe not pull out completely and keep on playing the game, so to say, but being able to uh, reap some smaller rewards Uh, along the path rather than looking for that big big payoff Um, and this is once again working towards understanding what feeds you the most and you're seeing that riding that game of more of a payoff um, has more of a cost and a generator's way is really designed to for it to be consistent and the less spikes the better Um, so that means staying in gratitude and if you're in gratitude you can't experience greed.
1: Yeah, that has definitely helped me. So two weeks ago, if you would have told me that I had the opportunity to make, you know, that much money, that I would have been like, no way. But when it was happening, I was almost in a state of disbelief. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that was because I was riding that wave of...
0: Yeah, because you're involved with the other people's energy. So, you know, in order to sense the wave properly... The surfer doesn't necessarily have a preference if they're going after that specific wave. They gotta wait to know the right wave, and lots of times that is using another sense outside of the emotions um, to to not cloud. So uh, you know, getting into that setting, you know, structure once again to know uh, what brings in gratitude. And and this is about much, much more than just this monetary system. I mean, this is just in life to see that, you know, lots of times somebody will get something that they've wanted for a long time. And then as soon as they get it, they want more or they want a different color or they want to change it already. And uh, there's not even an enjoyment of, hey, what you just got. So, you know, that's the universe. From my perspective, uh, you're showing the universe what you appreciate. And if you're just in a constant, like, appreciation, then it makes sense that that's going to attract more appreciation. And then when loss comes in, it's not as drastic, so it's able to be accepted easier. So, uh, you know, this is per individual and with many variables that we've discussed, both with your two cards being diamonds and your uh, human design being generator. So it would be... Different suggestions to you know to different people, but this is just an in general conversation, useful conversation to just most everyone, just in everyday life type situations, because it's the attachment that has such the cost, and the attachment comes from greed and not being in just appreciation, um, and that that brings on the difference between polarity and duality. In
1: past talks where I was talking about this before, I did talk about this way I have where I need to dive in to learn a lesson, and then I do it, and I have an emotional cost, and then I get a feeling where where I learned it, and I back out, and in this instance, I had that same, like, as I dumped so much emotion into it, and then I started feeling myself be repelled. I got to the point where I just want to be done with this because I don't like these crazy highs and lows you know if i could just have consistent growth i guess but mm-hmm. but the highs and lows are kind of what makes it fun in a way but again oh, yeah. that's the emotional part of it
0: yeah and i mean you talk to any drug addict they're going to say the same thing <laughs> you know that's that high that everybody's going for but the the fact is is that if you go that high then you have to fall that far so that's what i've seen consistent in many different types of spiritual teachers that they carry a consistency of calmness of peacefulness they don't experience the spikes and that's the thing is we have the free will to to whatever extent we want to we can also eat all of the jelly beans we want to we can go to the store as adults and buy all that we want and just eat till our stomach explodes but just because we can doesn't mean that we should that is the so-called part of free will And the part of the conscious one is knowing that they could go to an extreme, but being completely satisfied not to, and knowing that there's more enjoyment in that than going to those extremes. But it's awful tempting. Uh, But that's been in every fable and different type of religion story. It's all about temptation, and that's why uh, discipline is very useful. And discipline creates that friction to build so that when something is experienced, it's enjoyed even more and fresh new birth can come out of it.
1: And as you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself uh, back a couple days ago when I was having this type of uh, reaction. And uh, like you said before, it felt like my consciousness was there and I was watching a child. And I was watching this child do its thing and, and I know like my consciousness knows that I'll get there, but it's like I had to let this child learn again, like touch the hot stove again, mm-hmm. again. And, and, but it's funny cause I was, it was like I was able to observe this as a child because and then, cause I, cause then I got mad at the child.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I say is an important step that observation step is very important that most people skip. So being able to be in a situation like this where you're not technically really losing, you've just lost profits. And to be able to watch that and go, look at me, I'm, I should get out and I'm not. I'm being defiant <laughs> here. And then normally when the loss happens, you get so much more out of it because you you were conscious. You saw it. You weren't blindsided. And then you can accept it easier. And then that makes it easier that once you get to that point where you know that you need to get out, you're more likely to get out than to keep taking that chance because you've watched yourself at that position uh, time and time again. So, but guilt, anytime you bring anytime guilt comes in or blame comes in, you have gotten off the path. There's no usefulness in that. That's why observation is better than guilt. Observe it while you're doing it. And keep doing it as long as you need to do it. But eventually, you won't need to do it to get that lesson. You won't need to touch that hot stove to know what it will do to the skin.
1: Yeah, and and I'm sure people will then look at me like the wise one because I see myself getting to that point. I can I can envision it, and I know I'll be able to master this at some point. Mm-hmm. I just I guess I I just needed a few lessons
0: down the road. Yeah, but like you said, if this is to create time for you to be able to do other projects, then, you know, getting clear on truly how much profit you need is more of a realistic vision, uh, to hold consistently. And then, you know, it feels good to just accomplish many things along a path rather than just one big thing and so much investment and pain and exhausted energy going into that one big investment. So different strokes for different folks. Um, but I know a generator's way is much more gradual than big shifts at one time.
1: This reminds me of a, a story that you tell, and I'm not sure if you've told it yet about how people say to you, "Alexander, you're so blah blah."
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, I've had people in the past talk about like my uh, my expressions not being very animated. Uh, so so yeah, I had someone one time say, "Alexander, you're you're always so blah." And I said, um, please don't mistake that so-called blah for lack of joy, uh, because there's a party going on in my solar plexus, and I keep that burning. But there's been great wise people that said, once again, a Rumi poem, uh, why the frown so that those mean harm will not see me? Because lots of times if you are expressing so-called positivity, that rubs people the wrong way and then you attract in that duality. So very similar to carrying our energy into like a funeral home um, or during a funeral, everyone's very comfortable and able to adjust their energy very quickly out of consideration. And that's what I like to just suggest people to do in public in general. Because just be considerate. You don't know other people's emotional state and where they're at. Um, so have your party, but but have it in a safe and loving environment where it's not going to affect so many people. So I have my time where I completely express myself very openly and uh, very uh, expressively. Just public's not normally the place to for that I choose to do that unless I'm performing, and then my performance does that. So I'm all about everybody get your expression. But as far as the experience of um, experiencing exaggerated emotions, I just say however high you want to go, be willing to go that low because that's the way the pendulum swings. And you can have an amazing time uh, staying out of those peaks and valleys and riding a more consistent, um, conscious, non-expressive, but internally joyful ride.
1: Yeah, and again, it's <laughs> it's good to hear that again over and over because it's, again, something that I've heard many times, but especially when you're in a situation where you need to hear that, that's always good. Because uh, you can hear something a million times, but it's not received unless you need to hear that at that time.
0: Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, uh, I find people get frustrated with repetition. <laughs> And they'll even uh, judge someone or talk down to them. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, is that, once again, we are habitual creatures. So we need to hear stuff, even that we think we know. The reason that it's coming up in conversation is maybe because we are not considering what we already know. And it needs to be presented to us again. And then lots of times we will deflect it. And still not receive the message. So yes, uh, be open to repetition. It's coming around you for a reason. That's why anytime you're thinking that you know someone's talking about a subject that you already know uh, very well, there may be something that you're missing in that message.
1: So if somebody keeps putting themselves in a situation where it creates an emotional cost like mine, um, whether it's a high or a low because like you said even if your sports team wins and you have a high sooner or later you have to come back down or sooner or later they will lose Um, so what are some ways that i could work on it just in a general sense to summarize if somebody is doing an activity like this or or even demonstrating a behavior that has an emotional cost from it what what are some ways where we can take steps to remove the emotional part of it
0: Okay, well, one place that uh, most people can start is either with their children or their grandchildren. I'll get to you specifically here in a moment, but like frustration is uh, is a big one around children and uh, small animals as well. As I was talking about earlier, I think I mentioned to you how much more I enjoy cat energy over kitten energy because uh, it's so sporadic and um, and wild, and uh, that can be fun. Uh, but it can be challenging uh, as well. And so the same with children. Um, see, the the child or the animal is going to keep doing uh, what they do, and even when lots of times when a physical discipline is brought in, that doesn't correct things. So what I've found, the way subtle energy works, is that that person or that animal will stop that action when the human being around them has gotten and received the lesson that they're trying to help them to receive. And so this is once again why you take blame away and that if the child keeps continuously doing something that really irritates you or the animal does, to sit, I call it, sit in the fire of that emotion and really go internally, why am I allowing this to bother me so much? and if there's an association to seek that out. But sometimes it's just a matter of just letting it go and not feeling like you've got to be in such control because there's nobody in control here, but everybody's trying to be in control. It creates so many uh, issues. So by allowing someone to do an action around them repeatedly, And just each time, like I said, you talk to that inner child like you would an eight-year-old child externally. And you explain to them, hey, this is not scary anymore. I understand that that was scary when you were younger. um, But you're not that person. You're not that child. Going through and being patient and understanding that you're going to have to have that experience many, many times and have this discussion. Um, But it gets back to... Uh, the power that a mother has that when a young child five years or younger falls down and skins their knee or something, and the mom picks the child up and just blows on it and tells the child that it's going to be okay. The child believes the mom, and that's the power of energy work. And so we can heal those uh, wounds internally with ourselves very, very similar by accepting that each and every time I'm going to allow this to uh, affect me less every time and i accept that it's going to take many times for me to go through this so it's a processing and you can typically trust anything on this plane that is a process that's introduced as a process but anything that's introduced as a fix um might want to put a question mark on the the end of that so like uh with you specifically in this thing being around uh You know, what you're practicing right now is around the the monetary game. But you could work this out even in your relationships because it's still based around this idea of owning stuff on this plane. And that can be a relationship or it can be money or it can be a car or a home. Um, But we do understand that the fact is all of that is temporary. Every single relationship is temporary and eternal simultaneously. But every relationship on this plane is temporary, and anything that we acquire here is temporary. So we get awful upset over things that um, are temporary, and that's where we expend and exhaust the majority of our energy. When what intention and consciousness brings into is getting very specific getting our order of priorities and only expending our energy in places that either feed us or help others. And when you sit down and you think about it, quite simply, you would just say, why would I spend my energy any other way? Why would I, why would I surf for that big wave to make that million dollars? Because I'm going to uh, experience the equivalent of losing that million dollars more than likely at some point. Um, and that can be uh, whether you believe in past lives, uh, you might not experience the loss in this life, but you might in another, or if you don't believe in past lives, then it could be family lineage and you can gain it at this point, but your great grandchild will lose it. Uh, you know, a couple of generations down the road. So, um, so that's the way that it seems that it's worked through history is there's been different areas of the world that have been powerful and the rulers, and then they crumble. Uh, but there's always uh, a leader somewhere. And there's always poverty somewhere. It's just uh, always moving because energy moves.
1: So getting back to, um, you were talking about uh, people with their grandchildren or their children and practicing this. And you mentioned when they do something that creates a reaction in you, that you should sit in that. I want to clarify this for people hearing this. So what's the difference between allowing them to do it until you no longer have that reaction versus, like, having boundaries, you know, like... So, for instance, as an example, like a child jumping on a couch or something mm-hmm. like that, and, and you don't want them to do that because you, you're a couch. Uh, so what's the difference between, you know, allowing them to do that until it no longer bothers you and then essentially they would stop doing it versus having boundaries and discipline with the children?
0: Okay, so... Um I'm going to take that suggestion and I'm going to change it just because sure. that one is around um, safety of the child. Okay, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, so that needs to be handled, like, quickly. But let's interchange that with something like what a lot of teenagers go through, like, or have in the past, like, baggy pants and underwear showing and stuff like that. That's not technically harming anyone, but it's uh, not preferred by the parents, you allow an action to continue that isn't harming anyone. Uh, but, of course, if there's safety involved, then you want to, to change that action. So if, say, hypothetically, this these parents have a 14-year-old son, and he continuously wears his pants uh, below his waistline, showing his underwear—this um, has been popular in cultures uh, for—in our culture for quite a while now—and— you know, lots of parents will try with authority to to correct that or tell them it's not allowed and many different variations of that. But most anybody that's been around teenagers or raised teenagers knows as soon as the parent lets the child know something they don't like, then that makes it even more attractive to the child. So it is important to realize that that duality that is there just waiting and most parents feed that and the, the kids love it. So if the parents would work at not letting that bother them and go, why why do I allow that? I mean, if my son wants to look trashy or whatever, uh, you know, it could be, well, that represents me or that reflects on me. OK, well, then that gets down to ego. Why are you so concerned? Do you Are you more concerned about the kind of person that your son is? So if you start going through and dissecting, well, yes, why is this... Um, The majority of the time, it's going to be superficial to some standpoint. And then what I've seen happen so many times is that if that is just accepted and no longer any resistance put up to, then the child changes their actions without it having to even ever be discussed. But as long as that parent carries that resistance and that reaction, there's going to be an interest there to follow out uh, the other duality side of that energy. So that still com- would come down to more than likely either an ego issue or a control issue which is still ego and most parents do have control issues because they're at a job that they don't like lots of times with somebody that's controlling them their boss or they had controlling parents and so uh they're just reacting um from their past as well.
1: So I want to I want to go back to my original example and tweak it a bit so it's so it's not in danger because I I feel like This example is pushing the boundaries a little, and I'm trying to get—I want to get your reaction on something that's borderline. Uh, So this is kind of an example that I had um, an experience with where I've had little nieces and nephews come over my house, and there's, like, picture frames and things like that where they can touch them. Where is the line between— like having a boundary. So and, and and I get it like when they come in you kind of have you like you set your own rules or whatever for your area because they're coming into your you know, your kingdom or whatever you want to call it. Where where is the difference between having a boundary and allowing them to do something until it doesn't bother you.
0: Okay, so uh I'll use like the kitten issue uh, to, to tap into this. Like right. yeah, I really like plants, similar. like yeah, yeah. plants hanging down, hanging vine plants is like my favorite thing. But I've got like a, I don't know, a eight-week-old, 10-week-old kitten or something that is uh, mesmerized by hanging plants and will eat them and chew them and break them. So what I have done is I've just merely adjusted by getting all the vines up in a way because I know she's going to be going through this phase for quite a while. Now, I can say that that frustrated me, but it was another silly frustration because it was a why. Why do you have to do that? And it's just like asking a, a child, why did you throw the ball through the window? The cat, the kitten doesn't know why it's mesmerized by the plants. So it's just simple to make the adjustment. So uh, with children, lots of times, and especially them coming to visit an environment that they're not used to, you're not going to train them in that short amount of time. So it's better to go ahead and know that, that you're going to be um, protective of your stuff. So let's go ahead and do our best to uh, get anything that maybe uh, have attachment to out of the way. And then once the children gets there, we have to make our peace that, hey, something can get broken and I just got to be good with it because I went through and I prepared as best as I could. And then for somebody that doesn't prepare, I mean, you can't blame the child. Um, The one that knows more always carries more responsibility. So. So, yeah, making adjustments for the overall good of everyone involved. And instead of me constantly yelling at the cat and experiencing negative emotions, it was easier for me to make the adjustments to just pick all the vine plants up and uh, accept that she's still probably going to chew some and she's probably going to get in some and, uh, you know, scrape out the dirt. And and this is just part of having uh, a domestic animal, just like part of having a kid is inconvenience and lack of sleep and, and many other things that uh, most all parents have to go through.
1: So, Is acceptance almost like a shortcut to working on a frustration? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I
0: mean, it's the very first step because, and it's the one that most people, once again, uh, don't focus on because most people will go into a change with resistance. And as long as you still have a little inkling of resistance, you're not going to persevere. That's why most people will stop. Uh, a new pattern that they've created in just under three weeks Uh, or they'll quit a degree like with just one semester left because the subconscious doesn't want us to change, doesn't want us to elevate. The conscious does. So that's where the struggle comes in and uh, creating so-called better habits or or sticking with ones that are more debilitating and uh, wasting of energy.
1: Yeah, I ask that because I'm thinking about uh, the examples we just talked about, and with me having to prepare for my nieces and nephews to come over the house, I'm already accepting that I care about these things. And then there's, of course, a whole new avenue we can go over through, through like why I'm attached to those items. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we can go down that path. Right. But, but because uh, I knew that was going to come up, <laughs> I was thinking that. But the fact that I am even moving them, am I taking away from? from learning anything in
0: there no because we have to we have to pick our battles and yeah if you're attached to some picture frames uh, then you're going to be attached to your car you're going to be attached to your relationships there's going to be plenty of opportunities for attachment this is more about uh experiencing a somewhat isolated event with people coming into your place of energy and your space and making necessary adjustments now one that I will share that maybe this uh, may be uh, the type of example that you were looking for. Like I used to, I was in a relationship with a um, a partner that would leave cabinet doors and drawers open constantly, and every time I walked into a new room, there would be a door or or a drawer open, and um, that would just drive me crazy. It would frustrate me for some reason. I walked in one day, and I just said, do you realize that you leave the doors and drawers open uh, when you leave a room? And right away she said, oh, that used to drive my father crazy. I can hear him now walking down the hall screaming because he hit his shin on a drawer that was left open. And as soon as she said that, I knew that it was my work and that she was doing this for me and uh, because she wasn't aware of it at all. Then she said, oh, but I'll try to do better. I'll try to to not do that. And I said, no, 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 please don't change anything. I'm not complaining. I was just asking a question. And then I left that situation, and I walked back into the bathroom where two doors were left open. And I simply said, Alexander, this is a control issue. And just because you think that doors and drawers are supposed to be shut, there is no rule that that is the case. So there's been training here, and there's been expectations, and now we're experiencing disappointment. So I said, will you close the doors and drawers for this person for the rest of your life out of love? Or would you rather them not be around? I said, I'll close those drawers and uh, doors and drawers. And then I reached down, and I took my finger, and I closed it. And I stepped back, and I said, see, Alexander, how hard was that? How truly hard was that? And I made my peace right then that I would close those doors and drawers for the rest of my life and never complain about it again. And she never left another drawer or door open from that point on. And uh, we were together for about three more years after that. That's that's an interesting exchange of energy because, see, it was about me, and it was about control issues and frustration. And uh, I just dissipated all of that. But I had to go through the steps of, like, watching myself get frustrated before closing them and then closing them and and going through, you know, many times of repetition before that all truly dissolved and just didn't have any kind of effect anymore to where she didn't need to do that action anymore. And so we can we can resolve a lot of issues we have with people because really they're just playing roles And this is what we do for each other. We play unconscious roles, bringing up all the stuff that we need to be working on to become a higher vibration, to elevate to another plane or go to heaven or whatever you want to call that, to just be the best person you can be. Uh, That's good enough. So that's what this work is all about, is coming into as much equilibrium as possible and doing that from an internal mindset of balancing the masculine and feminine so no matter what situation comes at you or who comes at you you can choose between handling that like a mother or like a father should so we'll continue to expand on that that whole concept
1: yeah and i want people to know that it does it takes time to get to that point where you can train yourself to stop and take a step back and and look at everything That's the, way, why the way you did the
0: 100 times just go ahead and accept It may only take you 20, but that'll be a beautiful surprise. Um, But be willing to give it 100 because 100 attempts at something is nothing. And, you know, I love the saying that, you know, a master has failed more times than the student has even tried. So, once again, failure is not negative. It's an opportunity to grow.
1: Well, I don't want to do the whole cryptocurrency missing out thing 100 times. (laughs) Yes. but But people are just so... Busy nowadays, and the thought that they could even stop, because I think most people are just in a reactionary mode all the time. Almost. Yeah, where where somebody, somebody in that in your situation would just react and yell pretty much because they would always be on the edge of mm-hmm. stress level from work or whatever it is, and and just be like, well, you know, why can't you close the cabinet door? You know, what are you right. an idiot? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> resort to that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and everybody thinks that if they can do something, then everybody should yeah. be able to. Yeah, and that's just yeah. not the case in any way shape or form and it's it's unfortunate that that is the the mindset that you know most people operate out of and they take things for granted i mean i know people with beautiful gifts that that they don't see as necessarily a gift just because they've had it their whole life so they don't realize that if they would just do that and put create a web page or Just put information out or or whatever. There's tons of people that just don't know, um, you know, what some people take for granted.
1: And all the people that may have a gift, but because it's not the average or not what everybody else has, then they, you know, just think it's odd or weird and they stop doing it. Yeah,
0: and then there's lots of people out there that really doesn't have a lot of a gift, but they have a lot of ego and they have a lot of drive and they have a lot of willpower. So they get a long way in this society, and it can be very disheartening for people with pure intent, but that's uh, something else that this podcast is about, is helping the, the so-called sensitive, light-working people, the people that have good intent, to understand that you've got to persevere. The so-called dark, the so-called heavy, they do. They feed off of anger. They feed of all, off of all the negative emotions, and... Working with this, you get out of that roller coaster ride and you're able to see things from a more peaceful and even kill state and know that if you stay out of your emotions, they have absolutely no control over you, and um, you've got the upper hand.
1: So getting back to those examples that we just covered, you mentioned uh, your kitten. Besides moving stuff so that so that she doesn't get into it, how would you interact with a cat? When you're work- when you're trying to work on something with them or a cat or, or another animal.
0: So I mean, you know if, a, if a, an animal is exhibiting behavior that is not typical or coming back around from the past, then to take a very clear observation of uh, what the humans are experiencing in the, in the environment at that time. And the differences between when they weren't doing that action and when they are, because children and animals are typically always reflecting what the so-called adults are doing. And but we put the focus and think that it's on the animal or it's the, the child. I've heard people say, well, there are just such thing as bad children. <laughs> and I said there are such thing as bad environments um, or not not nurturing environments, which produces a certain type of product and it's very similar that you know even if animals are acting up it doesn't mean they're not in a loving home it just means that they're not in resonance with some energy that is going on there and they're trying to say hey this isn't this isn't um optimal here and so to to scope that out gets around to you know what the animal is doing and uh and breaking that down from a uh you know almost an eastern philosophy standpoint, what it's connected to.
1: So I would like to just throw you an example, and maybe you can give me some feedback. Sure. Real life example. So I, I always have these feral cats that keep showing up at my house, and and of course I take care of them. And uh, I have one that we've named Crane, because of the way he eats. He eats like one of those cranes where you're picking up, some, you know, you mm-hmm. used to pay, you had that control, and you uh, try to get a stuffed animal for 25 cents or whatever. He kind of eats like that. And when he, when he first showed up, his face was kind of like mauled and, and I didn't know if he had like mange or or what it was. But over time, you know, I kept feeding him and he allowed me to eventually pet him and now he just loves pets. He likes that more than food. But he disappears time and again and he just disappeared for two days and came back and he has another gash on him. Like he's con- continually leaving, getting gashes or, or like I mentioned before, I've witnessed him... Uh, kind of lunge at a raccoon that was coming on the porch while while I was out there with him. So I've tried to have a you know a conversation you know with non emotion inside of myself and just be like hey buddy, you know I'm here to feed you. I love you. There's no reason why you need to feel like you need to guard this place. I appreciate it, but if a raccoon is going to come up here and get your food, let it. I'd rather have you be safe than you know get in uh, an altercation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've tried to talk to him on that kind of level, and I don't know how many times I would have to do it or or what. But I would like like what would you do in that situation?
0: Okay, so uh, I do you know feel that that's useful uh, communicating with children and animals like an adult um, respect with adult is very useful. But the other thing that I would like to suggest to look at here is that what is that about? It's like uh, about its appearance because. Um, He's always healed back. There hasn't ever been any, like, life-threatening type injury, has there? It's all been just mainly appearance type stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, there have been some big gashes where, you know, when I brought him to the vet to get fixed, they I think they gave him a few stitches.
0: Right. So so uh, that is, you know, the frustration with you could come from, hey, I've got you a, a safe haven here. Um, you can come and go as you please. Uh, yeah, there's no need for protection. There's no need for you to uh, venture a far away. I love you. So you've, you're you basically just telling that animal, I'm providing everything that you need, but for some reason you want to leave and you want more. Now, just a little bit earlier, we were talking about the subject of greed and that that you are in a position in this currency, cryptocurrency, to where... You're just playing. You've got everything that you need. You don't need to go anywhere and get anything else necessarily. But your gashes is that, immer- that energy drain. Uh, and so you've gone and you've gone and got some minor gashes, and you've got this big gash. And if somebody was, if the divine uh, is taking care of you and providing everything that you need, <laughs> going, why do you keep doing that? There's no need for you to scar yourself in that way. That would be just like one way right away, but you have to look at like your partner as well and anybody that's in the household. It's very similar to like if you go and you have an animal with like a urinary type thing, then that has something to do with like being pissed off more than likely. So it's all very useful, but like just kind of making that connection because we always want to see how we are feeling toward... The situation, and then we want to look at like if we have a higher power or a father, mother figure, or whatever. How would they be looking down on me when I'm go- when they're providing all this love, all of this beauty, and I'm choosing to be in negativity? I'm choosing to be in loss. I'm choosing to be in despair and disappointment. When you don't have to do that any more than that cat has to leave your property to have everything that it needs. So, give me some feedback. Wow, no, that,
1: that, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> I never would have seen it that way. So, that was very astute. Man, man, you, I don't, that was crazy how you pulled that around.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, one thing that direction that I started to go in was sometimes it could be an apparent appearance and it can be yeah. how we're seeing ourselves. But, I wasn't getting that, like the gashes and everything was just on like the cat's face all the time that, you know, it depends on where the uh, the injuries are happening. But it just felt kind of intuitively that this was more like all over his body. So it really wasn't about appearance. It was more about doing something that you don't have to do uh, and dealing with the cost of that. And that's just as silly what that cat was doing as you know we come around to you know where we could hopefully laugh at where we make silly mistakes and could have gotten out earlier and chose not to and paid more of a cost just like that cat can walk away from that raccoon any time it wants to but uh, it might go in for one more scratch and get you know a few stitches
1: now let's go into the other aspect that that you were talking about because I love that that assessment and I think it holds a lot of value and I'm I'm definitely going to keep that in my my perspective. But I don't know if this changes anything but I honestly don't care if he if he does leave it's more about his safety that I'm worried about and and I I started to understand what you were saying and most of his gashes are from like the shoulders up so his face and his neck basically. So you were going to get into the whole vanity thing I think. Right. Yeah,
0: it can be just around, uh, like, how we um, see ourselves, how we are representing ourselves uh, to the world. Uh, because, once again, it's, it's creating a, a confusion in you of, like, why are you going and doing this and that it's unnecessary. So sometimes that can be connected to are we living the life that we're projecting or are we projecting the life that we're living because that can get into like the appearance uh, type thing, and that there's some Maya going on there or illusion, and that doesn't have to be all the way to an extreme of like the ego and trying to like manipulate or get over on somebody. It can just be how one is viewing themselves uh, at that particular time and not being happy with themselves. Uh, see, it doesn't have to be just a visual. How one it's how one sees themselves. Not just physically, but all the way around. Because that could be called self-torture. Because once again, the cat doesn't have to leave the premises. It doesn't have to fight off that raccoon or whatever animal it's scrapping with. Just like most people don't need to beat themselves up or uh, guilt themselves as much as they do. But there's people that are cutters that cut themselves just to, to feel or feel pain. Um, so there's many distortions of that. But that's just, you know, uh, something that that could be brought into that from just a visual visual uh, standpoint and vanity type direction.
1: And if people are out there like questioning whether uh, life is like that deep, I think the consensus is that uh, cats especially will go off for a couple of days and come back and. And people say that it's because they're learning things to come back and teach you, right? So
0: that's why it's just always useful. It's not, from my standpoint, it's not as important as of, like, what is the specific message? That's what I see people get caught up on all the time, is trying to read articles or read books and find out just specific. But it's not always important the specifics. It's what is this teaching me now? So... Asking the situation, what is this teaching me, is just as useful and as important as getting someone else's opinion um, about what that might mean. Um, So I hope that comes across clearly, that just to take the time and go, what is this trying to tell me? And you might just be standing there and get that download or whatever, where it's like, man, am I just being greedy Because it seems like I'm providing everything that this cat needs, but it still needs to go off. And I need to see if I'm showing enough gratitude for everything the divine is providing and giving me an opportunity to gain and to grow in a monetary way here. But the amount, I wasn't thankful for, like, just a gift. I, I got greedy. And that may be... Uh, What this cat is doing is it's getting greedy, trying to get too close to these other animals rather than just living in harmony.
1: Yeah, and these are all things that are just considerations, like we say a lot, just just consider it, and I will definitely consider those. Um, Wow, that that kind of blew my mind a little bit at the (laughs) end. Um,
0: Wise, wise.
1: (laughs) Wise, wise. So uh, I guess that would be the most important thing. I've taken away from this chat is that mind blowing revelation that you just shared
0: uh, uh, yeah, and and just for everybody to just take the time to ask what is this situation or this person trying to show me, and if you're projecting anything externally then you're you're missing the mark it doesn't mean that they don't have something to learn too, but that's not um that's not anyone else's business, so just stay focused on what you've got to learn and How you can make adjustments and change gradually. Because remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. Uh, It's just like frequencies and vibration. Consistency lays the foundation for change.
1: We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise.
0: And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results.
1: The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform, and if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us monetarily, you can do so by visiting our patron page where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive Wise Wise perks. You can do this by visiting wise-wise.com patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Next, you can head over to Alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person, by phone, or on Skype. Find out more information on his live performances, class schedules, products, including birth chart analysis reports and music. And check out more information on his sound therapy tables. To do so, you can visit VibroTune.com. V-I-B-R-O-T-U-N-E dot com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the Wise Wise logo apparel, Alexander themed clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verities Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is Verity's Apparel dot com. V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L dot com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.